Welcome to the Feeding and Leading Podcast, featuring Todd Fisher and Andy Taylor, a podcast for church leaders focusing on expository preaching, pastoral leadership, and ministry. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Feeding and Leading Podcast. Uh, We are glad to be here with you today, and I am joined, as always, by our Executive Director, Dr. Todd Fisher. Todd? How are you, sir? I am well. How are you? Good. Doing good. Been on the road a lot, but it's been good. Yes. Traveling around a bunch. Ooh, the miles are piling up on those vehicles. Yes. But that's a good thing, and we've had opportunity to see lots of pastors, lots of churches. Yes, sir. So it's it's been good. good. Very good. Hey, today we're going to talk about... A very important aspect of the life of a pastor, and that is reading. Reading. For some, that is a delight. It's a respite. Mm-hmm. For others, maybe it's a, a chore. <laughs> maybe a bit of a maybe a little bit of a chore, a little bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. But we do need to talk about it, and but we're going to talk about it in kind of a. Well, yeah, fun sense, I think. Um, but first, uh, we're going to get to some books that we hope to be able to read next year, maybe some books that we've read this year that were really, really good, meaningful, impactful to ministry. But let's first of all, let's talk about just the necessity of reading mm-hmm. and, and how, uh, as a pastor, we really need to make time and make opportunities to, to do reading. Why, why would you say... It's important not just to do the reading that you do and study mm-hmm. on a passage, but reading good books. I think, I think there's a number of reasons that reading is helpful for a pastor, and really, honestly, for anybody. But uh, for a pastor in particular, um, I think, first of all, reading is just a really great exercise to engage the mind. Um, it it kind of keeps you sharp. It kind of keeps you going. I have found in my life, um, reading, reading is it's interesting. It's it's like a a discipline. It's like a skill, and if you kind of get away from it, you kind of lose it a little bit. But it's always like riding a bike. And, and let me try to explain that. Um, like times when I've been in school and I'm reading huge amounts, um, I can I can cover a lot of ground. I can read faster. And then when I go a long spell, maybe. And I haven't read very much. You kind of have to get back into it. But all of that is to say I have noticed in my life that as I consistently read, it it does kind of just keep my mind sharp, if I can say that. It just keeps keeps me engaged. And uh, to to continue to read and make that a discipline where I don't go a long spell, it it just kind of becomes easier to read. And so I think just the mental aspect of it is a healthy one. I think even for a pastor, for some pastors, uh, yes, reading can be a difficult thing. It can be uh, an easier thing. But for a lot of pastors, I think reading can actually be a stress release. And especially if you read something that really is, is, is to an interest or almost like a hobby, like, oh, I'm going to read a biography, or I'm going to, like, for me, for me, it's reading history. And going out for a jog is a great stress relief for me. But, man, re- reading a book about the Battle of Britain or Churchill or I'm going to use one in a minute, The Four Princes, um, that's just a stress relief for me. Another thing for about reading and pastors, a lot of times I'll have people say, uh, where do you get all those illustrations you use in your sermons? Uh, where I get those illustrations is I do a lot of reading. 
and not just in books, but um, you know, news and other things like that. So there, there's a, and, and one last thing I would say about reading too that goes to I think the overall just health and well-being of a pastor is uh, I, I had a guy tell me a long time ago when I first started out in ministry that the thing about pastoring is you are concentrating and you're focused on something that never ends. Uh, making disciples is, is a thing that just is an always an ongoing thing. Uh, there's a Sunday in every day of every week. There's a Sunday. You know, you, 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 it's always ongoing. You're always on call. So, you know, it's different than someone that has, say, a, a, an eight to five job. Um, hey, I can leave that on my desk at work and, and really kind of dichotomize work and family. But for a pastor, it's very hard to do. So the thing that was said to me a long time ago was, do things in your life that you can finish. Play a round of golf. Um, mow do a, the do grass. A, mow the yard. <laughs> do a puzzle. Yeah. Right. And a book is – now, there's a lot of us that will start a book and not finish it, and I'm guilty of that. Yeah. But a book is something you can start and finish. And and there's something I have found in my own life. I've shared this with other pastors that have come back to me and have actually said, hey, you know, Todd, when you told me that time about doing something you can finish, um, that was really helpful. Hmm. And I think reading gives you that outlet. So to me, it, it reading is not just about helping you as a preacher. It will help you as a preacher. But I think reading is something that really goes to the overall health and well-being of the pastor. I think that's really, really good stuff right there. I think every <laughs> so true. Every pastor needs something to finish. And as I think about reading, particularly when I'm coming to the end of a book, I don't. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm the weird one here. When I'm coming to the end of a book. It's almost like there's an excitement that grows in me, right? Because I'm like, okay, I'm going to finish this one. I want, what am I going to read next? Right. Now we're going to get to that yeah. because I, I think there's some good thoughts in about planning your reading. I, I want to talk for just a few seconds about some tips for reading, mm-hmm. just some things that that are are very helpful. One of the best things that I've ever learned about reading is to never read a book without a pencil in your hand. Mm-hmm. And so what I do as as I read, I literally open the front cover and as I come across quotes, stories, just thoughts that I think are important, impactful, mm-hmm. something that I want to get back to at some point, I will mark I will mark that like number 1 and then put the page number mm-hmm. and then the topic mm-hmm. and I write all of that on the inside fly cover of of the book. So that I can remember where to go back. Oh, yeah, there was this quote about Mm -hmm. doubt. Especially when you want to use it in a sermon. Exactly. You can go back and find it. Exactly. So uh, always... Always uh, reading with a with a pencil in your hand. Now, I, I also dialogue with the book a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'll write questions. Right. Why does the guy? Why does he say this? Mm-hmm. I'll actually write that in the margin, or I'll think, ah, oh, this was great, and not just thinking, I'll write it in the margin of the book. So, yeah, uh, that that's one piece of advice. Yeah, and I'll do that too when I disagree with him. Yes. Uh, oh, that's really good, or oh, I don't agree with that. Yeah. Um, and especially, I think when you're reading. Books that are more theology based or something like that, you know. I I, I definitely do that uh, 
pencil in hand on those books. Mm. The other ones that I'm reading more for leisure, and I'm yeah. kind of using air quotes, I might not do that. But I still will have one handy because, you know, I was like, wow, that, you know, like, okay, for example, real quick, I, w- I was reading a thing on Churchill. Um, <laughs> and there's this, this it, they start one of these chapters, this crazy quote from Churchill about, uh, one day, you know, England is going to be invaded, and I'm going to be uh, the one who saves it, and blah, blah, blah. And he was like 16 years old when he said that. And I jotted that down. You know, I go, where's right. my pencil? I'm going to, I can yeah. use that someday. Exactly. But I think that's a great idea about uh, taking the notes with it. Yeah. 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 That's good. Uh, one, one thing I would say, real quick, quick too, is um, I think you and I are probably the same. I would prefer to have a physical copy of a book in my hand because I can write in it. Yeah. That is my one frustration with reading on Kindle or listening to audio audiobooks is you can't make that notation. Um, but I'll tell you it depends on it depends on where you are as a pastor um, geographically, maybe what. Um, if you got a lot of windshield time, and I, I'm thinking about pastors out in the Panhandle mm-hmm. or Northwest Oklahoma, and uh, you know a lot of those pastors out there, they're going to go make a hospital visit. That's an all day thing, and there's going to be a lot of windshield time. Right. Um, I I never I never like listening to books, and I in fact, and my my wife does it all the time, and she can do it easily. And I was like, oh, I just can't do that because I'm so used to having it in my hand. But here's what happened. I in, in in this last several months, with all the driving I've been doing, I just kind of forced myself. All right, I'm going to do this. And what happened is I discovered listening to a book turned out to be very similar to, to the actual reading a physical copy of the book. It's kind of a discipline. And I just kind of went through a little and made myself listen to the first few. And then I realized, hey, I can do this. And I kind of got over that hump a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanted to say, I, I think there's going to be a lot of guys like me that would scoff at listening to a book on Audible or whatever it might be. And I would just say, try to give it a shot. Just try to force yourself through a couple of them. Yeah. It's still not my preferred way by any means. Yeah. But obviously, you can't read a physical copy of a book when you're driving. But So um, you, you can do a lot of that. You, you you can get a lot of reading done in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. Um, I, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give one more, and then let's get into some of the books that we hope mm-hmm. that we're gonna read, and maybe some mm-hmm. books that we read this year that were really good. Mm-hmm. But it, the last thing I want to say, uh, just on tips, is that if, if you're reading a book that just no matter how many times you try, it's just not going to hold your attention. Mm-hmm. You're just not – just put it down. That's right. Give it – I, I agree with that. Just move on. Yeah. And maybe that there's one particular chapter in a book that's really helpful for you mm-hmm. or something like that. Read that and then by yeah. all means put it down because you cannot right. read everything. I can't read everything I want that's to right. read. Or yeah. if, if if you're looking through and there's a chapter that's going to be of zero interest or application to you, yeah. skip it. 
Yeah, and, that's right. And, yeah, and but move on. Yes, you're right. If you if you got a dud and you're just not connecting, don't waste the time on it. Just put it down and go get another one. Yeah, I agree with that. If you've yeah. read it, it much at all, yes, you've, you've hit that. Yes. All right, let's let's start. What kind, what, what topic do you want to start off with, Todd? What what well, leader? What topic um, let, of books? I, I've brought genre. several. And and by the way, I think we'll have all of these. The titles that we're going to talk about in this podcast, we're going to have them in the notes. Yes. So don't people that are listening right now, you don't need to worry about trying to jot these down or something. Yeah. Um. I brought to the table here where we're recording our podcast, I brought several kind of genres of book. And let, let's start with leadership. Okay. Um, one that I had just uh, just wrapped up is uh, Jason Allen's new book, Jason Allen, the president of Midwestern Cemetery, uh, called Turnaround. And it's a new book from him. And it, 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 it tells kind of the story of his past 10 years. He just celebrated his 10th anniversary at Midwestern. As president, it tells about the turnaround of the seminary, and that's that's a um, interesting. I would say entertaining. It's very interesting to read what what's gone on, that what God has done at that seminary. But it is full of really great leadership um, kind of principles, applications. And so I would encourage pastors to read it. I think it's it's good. It, so it's interesting, and it tells that story. But then some of the leadership principles that he gives in it are uh, really, really worth a read. Okay, cool. Jason Allen. Yeah, Jason Allen. Awesome. Um, another one I, I read, this is one I read in the car, um, uh, James Clear's Atomic Habits. Uh, not written from a Christian perspective. It's just a secular book. But Atomic Habits is about uh, how we can – you know, in our own personal life and development, and even in terms of how we're leading people, you can make easy applications in leading in church. It's it's the little things you do. We pay attention to the details and the little things in our personal life. Um, you know, and that's what atomic comes from. The tiny, little, microscopic adds up to the big thing. And the other one is uh, Canoeing the Mountains by Todd Bolsinger. Uh, Todd is... is uh, is writes from a different denominational perspective than Southern Baptist, so there might be a couple of things in there where we we would we would be at odds with Todd about, but um, it is it is it it it, it intrigued me because of the history part of it. But in 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 canoeing the mountains, he tells the story of the expedition of Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark thought they were going to be on canoes the whole way to the Pacific Ocean, and they hit the Rocky Mountains, and they realized they're going to have to. That you can't canoe the mountains, so it's all about leadership in times of change, and there are some really good parts in it. And so, uh, in terms of leadership, I w- those are some of the books I would recommend. That's that's awesome. I I'm planning on I haven't read these yet, but this is what I'm planning on reading next mm-hmm. next year. Leadership wise, uh, a book by. Jimmy Dodd, and why do I always get the names of the guys that is impossible to pronounce <laughs> every time? Renault Vandernerit. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I'll trust you. I'll take your word for it. It's Jimmy Dodd. Okay. Just, <laughs> and I, I've got to meet Jimmy. Good guy. But it's called What Great Ministry Leaders Get Right. Hmm. What Great Ministry Leaders Get Right. Six core competencies you need to succeed in your calling. So it talks about caring for your own soul, which we've talked about. Um, how to live relationally, leading the body of believers, serving, uh, growing. It's, it's, um, I, I've read a little bit of it. Looks really, really good. And then I had this one um, recommended to me. It's a book called 
lead, develop, care. In fact, there's a whole model of leadership in the church called Lead, Develop, Care. This is written by a guy named Terry Cook. Um, there's some lead developed care guys who are associated with First Baptist Church Tulsa, mm. and so this one was recommended to me. So I'm I'm and, excited. And those about. you're you're going to read. Yes, th- uh-huh. those are a couple of my going to read books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thinking. Where, where do you want to go next? Thinking. Let's 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 kind of think a little bit theology stuff. Um, what I brought here are some some that I'm going to reread, which yeah. is another thing I think we would just throw out real quick. Yep. Um, sometimes it's good to go back and read a book again. Absolutely. Just like you watch a movie again. I have one of those here, too. Um, by the way, Audible, listening, um, I had a I, – I, I noticed on Audible, uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And I thought, man, it's been years since I read that book. Yeah. And it, it, it was going to take five and a half hours to listen to that book. And I had like eight in the car that day. <laughs> so, so you know, I just listened to Mere Christianity. Yeah. And, you know, I thought, man, I forgot about what a good just apologetics book that is. Yeah. And so that's good. All right. So in the sense of spirit of rereading a book, The Gagging of God by D.A. Carson. It is a tome. It is a big, thick book. <laughs> You hit a man in the head with it, you'd kill him. I mean, it's a big old brick of a book. Oh, my. This is from the 90s. I used this a lot in when I was doing my D-Men back then. I was going to say, we read this in, D, in our D-Men right. work. That's right. Yeah. And it is a great it's, – it's, it's, it's sort of a hermeneutics book, but it's not like a mechanics of hermeneutics. Right. It's more about the nature, authority of the Bible as it stands in opposition to the pluralism of the culture. Yes. And what's been fascinating is, Andy, is is to read this book when it was written, where was the culture in the 90s, and now, my goodness, look at us. where we've gone yeah. now. And it just talks about the, the authority, the sufficiency of Scripture in the face of the cultural challenges yeah. and how the culture wants to gag God. And I'm a D.A. Carson fan. Anyway, it's really great. Books I, a book I have not read yet is Historical Theology for the Church. It's edited by uh, Jason Dusing and Nathan Finn. Mm-hmm. And um, historical theology is is probably a, a, a topic a lot of our pastors may not have gotten on gone to that topic. And so this this is this is just really good historical theology. It's like a history of theology. Over the over the, the 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 centuries of church history, how has theology been viewed? How has it been talked about? How has it developed? That kind of type of thing. And then another one that I'm going to reread. I've read a long time ago is um, L. Russ Bush and, and and Tom Nettles, the 40th anniversary edition of Baptist and the Bible just came out, and I read that a long time ago. And uh, you know, I guess taking on this role as executive director, I was like, man, I need to really brush up on all my Baptist history and theology stuff. So those those are those are some I'm going to read and reread in the theology department. Yeah. Um, so I've got a couple that uh, I guess you'd call in the theology department uh, as well. I try to I try to read sections out of. Um, systematic theology mm-hmm. books every year. Mm-hmm. So this year I'm going to read I'm going to read some stuff on the Holy Spirit out of Grudem mm-hmm. uh out of um I just lost it. And that's what I get for not having it in front of me. McGrath uh who you think No, we there? used it at OBU. 
Uh, okay. I'll Who do we use it. at OBU? Somebody dial in and tell us. Say, <laughs> find a friend or something here. Anyway. Uh, I, James Leo Garrett? Yep. Garrett is there one of them. Okay. okay. Uh, anyway, we're gonna, I'm going to do some stuff on the Holy Spirit, reading out of systematic theology. So I'm also going to read this book by Ian Hamilton. It's just a little miniature guide out of Banner of Truth called Salvation, Full and Free in mm. Christ. So um, some good stuff. And then... I know this is a little geeky, but um, exegetical gems from Mm. biblical Greek by Ben Merkel. Um, For those of you guys who are who are a little bit language guys, little short chapters that give very practical examples of things like the Granville Sharp rule or what does it mean? What is verbal aspect? Um, What does an aorist future really? An heiress future. That's silly. An 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 heiress indicative look mm. like. Uh, you know, that that's, kind of thing. That'll be good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about good that. Good stuff. All right. All right. What do you got? A little bit of history stuff. Uh, biography is another good one, I think, um, for guys to read. And that's more in the leisure department, but you can get a lot. You can get illustrations, stuff like that. O.S. Hawkins has come out with a book in the last year or so called In the Name of God. And it basically kind of tells the interweaving story of uh, J. Frank Norris, the uh, notorious <laughs> pastor of First Baptist Church of Fort Worth, shot a man in his office, yep. and and George Truitt, who was a pastor of First Baptist Dallas. So two pastors, first first Fort Worth, first Dallas, and it's it's really it's a it's it's a good. I've, I haven't read the whole book, but what I've started is like, man, it's really good. Um, straight up history, four princes by uh, John Julius Norwich. I, I have read this, and if you're a history nerd like me, in, in, in the first half of the 16th century, most of the known population of the world s- lived under the authority of four crowned heads. Uh, Henry VIII, who is very important in, in Baptist history and, and how yeah. separatist Puritans, all that kind of thing. Uh, Francis I, Charles V, Suleiman the Magnificent. It's, it's a great history book. But it really is a super good background to church history. It's it's I, I recommend it. It's pretty good. That's awesome. I I'm gonna read that one next year. The Four Princes. Yes, it, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. So Rodney Stark, probably my favorite church history author. Okay. So I'm I've read most of this. I'm gonna reread it again. Mm-hmm. The Rise of Christianity. Um, I'm just real excited about it. It just yeah. kind of gives a brief overview of uh, some interesting things that are that really come back to us. There's a chapter on the role of women mm-hmm. in here. There is uh, it, it talks about epidemics. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then that's the rise of Christianity by Rodney Stark. Yeah. Then you have the triumph of Christianity by Rodney Stark. Yes. Right. So one is about essentially the birth of the church. The right. other one is about church church history. Another great Rodney Stark book is called God's Battalions, Oh, and wow. it is about the Crusades, oh. and a lot of it is cool. the revisionist history of the Crusades that he corrects, and it's very well documented. Yeah. It's, I'd almost – I'm a history nerd, but I almost call it a page turner. It's really good. Stark is a great author. I like him. Yeah, I agree. The other history book that I want to read next year is by Timothy George Reading, Scripture with the Reformers. Huh. And yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, just he gives a, a justification of why we should be reading the reformers themselves, um, and, and it a, just a, a good history. Mm-hmm. But but the, their perspective of 
the use of Scripture during the Reformation. So yeah, and the, and the place it comes to play in the church is key in that. Yes. Exactly. exactly. Uh, I just brought one preaching book here. Uh, I brought I brought the book Preaching Simple Teaching and and uh, Simple Teaching on Simply Preaching by Alec Motyer. And by the way, this is the book that we are going to give away at next year's, next spring's Priority of Preaching. So don't, if you're going to come to that conference, don't buy this book. <laughs> We're going to give it to you. Yeah. But I have not read it yet, and I'm looking forward to reading it. But um, yeah. Brett Selby has has recommended this as it's a really great book on preaching. It's it's fantastic. I I, I read it for my D men, mm. and uh, yeah, a- Alec. M- Moltier is a uh, yeah he's a really good writer. Uh, the the one preaching book I brought was it's called Evangelical Eloquence, a course of lectures on preaching by R. L. Dabney. R. L. Dabney's a great old dead guy, and uh, I I read it and Todd, I, if I could describe an old dead guy on preaching as a page turner like you did that's, with Stark huh? to me. This is one of those books where I just kept writing down, wow, I love how he says that, yeah. about doctrinal preaching, about illustrations, about whatever. And so I'm going to read that That's one again. Good. I can't wait to get into that. Okay, man, I want to read that one too. All right, real quick, um, just two kind of catch-alls a little bit I wanted to just throw out to uh, those that are listening. Uh, Scott Pace and Shane Pruitt are both friends of mine. Um, Scott was the professor at OBU for many years and now is at Southeastern Seminary. And Shane, of course, is the uh, you know, young adult guy for um, NAM, uh, next generation guy. They have written a book, just written a book. It's just out called Calling Out the Called. It's about discipling those that are called to ministry. I really recommend this. I've kind of thumbed through it so far, read, read through it pretty quickly. But um, for pastors, you got, you got people in your church called to ministry. This is a great book. how you can help them. The other one is Jeremy Freeman's book, uh, But God Tells Their Story. Um, It's an amazing story. I've known Jeremy a long time, and and his family, some of his family members were at a a manual where I was pastor, and it's just an amazing story about uh, how to have faith in the face of incredibly, indescribably tragic situations. Yeah. It's a a good book. All right. I'm going to—I guess I'll wrap it up here— I've got a bunch of more books laying on here on the table, but I'm only going to do two. One is my friend Matt Kearns at OBU would be so excited that I just said this, but The Master Plan of Evangelism by Robert Coleman is a book. It's a tiny little book. It ought to be read by a pastor every single year. Yeah. It, the The title of it's a little bit, a, a little bit um, misleading. Uh, this is not a strategy of evangelism. Mm-hmm. It is a strategy of discipleship. Yeah, yeah. And it's just – it's a classic, and it's yeah. just so good. When, when, I, when I came to Faith in Christ 14 as a teenager, as a Sunday school teacher that had my Sunday school class read that book, and we went through it together, very formative to my discipleship. Absolutely. And then I'm just going to share the best book that I read last, this last year, and I've told you about this one. This is by Joel Beakey, who is – he used, well, used to be Dutch Reformed, which, mm-hmm. which is hyper-Calvinism. He's, mm-hmm. He is way moved off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the president of Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary, so he's a Reformed guy. But he wrote this book called Pastors and Their Critics. Mm. Pastors and Their Critics, A Guide to Coping 
with criticism in the ministry. I've never seen a book like this. Hmm. Uh, I've read a few articles that were kind of on this topic, but this is fantastic. Pastors and their critics. Pastors and their critics. Good. Brothers, if you are facing that, and you are, (laughs) you need to read this. Anyway, Man, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to get into some of these books next year. The hard part's going to be choosing which one to go first. Mm. And um, and so we just want to encourage you pastors to be reading. Read on a broad genre of, uh, of uh, topics, and I hope that your, uh, your reading for next year is good. We're going to post these in the notes, and maybe you want to send in something to us to encourage us to read. We'd love to hear yeah. from you. All right? Sounds good. Good topic. All right. Thanks for joining us on Feeding and Leading today. This episode of Feeding and Leading has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptist. Visit us at oklahomabaptist.org or your preferred podcast platform. Oklahoma Baptist, advancing the gospel together.